Hello, smooth listeners. Welcome to the Blast from Cast From. Neil here, if that makes you comfortable. Uh, I am joined by two Daves once again. Uh, this combination is back. We've got one sweary Dave and another less sweary Dave. As we go on, you'll figure out which one is which. How are you doing? Both. Well, f- you. M- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Swearier Dave, do you want to take it from there? Um, uh, wonderful, wonderful today. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're doing good, are we? How have we been enjoying this mixed weather? Bit hot, should bit I, wet. Should I oh, say weather, weather chat. Oh, oh. <laughs> my God. I mean, I mean, that's why we're the number one released every once in a while podcast that the kids are raving about. So we're back again. I mean, there's there's not a lot to, to banter about. Really, hmm. is there? So we should not bother with that. Wow, banter scheduled and banter done with, <laughs> like always. So we at least are consistent in that area. Well, as you say, we're things have been going on. I'm losing track of the rules, but we're probably technically able to do the podcast in person. Um, there's two of us in the the same city, another not in the same city. But uh, do you know what? We like the awkwardness of the slight digital delay online version of doing a podcast. So we're going to stick with that for now, just for a second. Where's the fun in seeing a guy's face? (laughs) Example, example one. (laughs) Two people. (sighs) I mean, maybe sometime in the future soon we could join together um, and do the podcast in person, see each other's uh, beautiful faces, banter back and forth by looking deeply into each other's eyes. It just makes it easier, doesn't it? An intense look in somebody's Mm -hmm. eyes as you banter with them. It's illegal. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, as it should be social distancing still uh, still in full force here happy summer everyone hmm. so let long time listeners uh, will uh, have heard a podcast that we did previously which was about musicians you know taking a, a, a turn at acting entering into that world um, I had a little listen to it uh, earlier this week just to just to get a, an inspiration and feel for the kind of things we, we might talk about. Um, we mostly talked about Black Thought, uh, the rapper, uh, for an extended period of time and agreed that Huey Lewis was the best musician turned actor uh, of all time, which is very strange in hindsight. Wow. <laughs> well, those are two points that are exactly correct. So at least there's that. We haven't, we haven't slipped because I still think that. I mean, do you want to talk about that Black Thought uh, freestyle again? I'm happy to <laughs> Amazing. Absolutely. Um, blows your socks off. I mean, luckily it's summertime, so we can all have bare feet. But um, yeah, that was... Uh, God, it seems so long ago, eh? How's this accent working for you? I've, I've been up here in the northeast so long, I'm getting a, a little bit of a, a Scotty twang, eh? It or sounds... Or maybe I'm imagining it. It sounds very... Um, oh, here we go. An attack. Whimsical. How about that? Oh. <laughs> it's got a flourish uh, to it. Mm. Mm, a flourish. I mean, I've Excellent. talked to no one, so I don't think my ac- my my accent maybe have my 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 way of talk my way of talk maybe have not done good. My accent maybe have. Hmm, that's the that should be the tagline of this podcast. My accent uh, maybe have. If we were able to do more regular podcasts, my communication skills might have been kept sharp. But here we are. Mm. Let's just proceed. What kind of person does this? 
<laughs> this spreading themselves. I mean, I mean, you might disagree with this, but to me, a musician who wants to take a turn at acting is kind of wanting to see that as the next stage in their superstardom, a bit of a resume builder, a way to add value to themselves, I guess. But what about the other way? If it's an actor that wants to do music, I mean, we've got quite a broad spectrum of different types of people. I get little passion projects, um, misguided uh, sense of inflated confidence, perhaps. Um, Some have got friends in high places. I think because we're always going to talk about many different um, people and subject matter of the the things they sing about, all these actors. But you you threw me a curveball right about an hour before we went so it's maybe maybe a little bit more, but um, I'd obviously thought I'd, I'd I'd known about everyone doing their little albums and stuff, and then he gets me the Bacon Brothers, and then he hits us with a with a great line like one more sizzle as well. I, I mean, I could die on that for for a couple of hours, but um, all I could think when I was listening to that Bacon Brothers album was how dare you! <laughs> like, all the other, all the other actors and uh, the albums I'd seen and thought okay they'd taken a turn, but for some reason. It was like a step too far when I saw the Bacon Brothers and I listened to the first track on that best of and I, I, I thought it was going to be funny but I was full of rage. <laughs> don't know why. Why Kevin Bacon was almost like the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back but I was understanding of every actor that we were going to maybe talk about today but um, yeah, the Bacon Brothers nearly finished me off. Well, let's get right into the Bacon Overcooked. Brothers. Overcooked. Was, uh, I was quite disappointed by the lack of puns on their name it's right there for the taking isn't it it just it was just kind of uh, a um john cougar mellencamp type heartland rock kind of standard stuff what did you what did you think of that if you had a, if you had time to listen to it it was a very last minute have some of this the bacon brothers it was too late for me <laughs> <laughs> you were already cooking dinner <laughs> i had a snooze uh, oh. before we came on that's how you rest and prepare your voice presumably or is oh. it just the general tiredness of pro. an exhausting life? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, was, I was so excited about coming on, I've, I've, I made myself fall asleep and, and <laughs> order to prepare. Um, no, I, I just came home, made my dinner, did what I normally do, but um, woke up uh, Ooh, uh, an second. hour later. So um, I came home, did what I normally do. My dinner... And uh, some some television, and I would have listened to the Bacon Brothers, of course, but um, that wasn't to be. He to was it. full. It doesn't sound like I missed much, though. No, I, I guess it speaks to. So this is a type of actor, isn't it? What kind? What type are they? This is a, a Bacon and his brother. Um, they've obviously had some sort of previous musical experience, and the brothers thought, "Hey, one of us is famous. <laughs> Let's do something about that." I'm hoping that's something that might reciprocate in this scenario. So if you make it big, buddy, all right? I want the uh, the the double album, uh, and I want to be front and center somehow when you make it big. And uh, we'll call ourselves the Bacon Brothers as well. <laughs> call yourself the Lardons. That insinuates that we're lesser than, though, like cho- a chopped up version of the Bacon Brothers. Oh, that. we could be the remix. <laughs> remakes every song in the Bacon Brothers album. I think we've talked about the Bacon Brothers too much oh, wow. based on how angry I was when I listened to it. So let's not start off with, with pure rage because we'll get to that later. All right, well, we've, we've shoved in the Bacon Brothers, shoved that in our in our systems. Just, yeah, a little bit on what you think makes a person do this. It has to be oh, middle of the road. Oh, oh. oh. There's that digital. <laughs> Maybe I should cue you up. Uh, um, David, would you like to speak on this? <laughs> Just say, the handsome one? Oh, just did more difficulty there. 
the reptilian. They speak reptilian. <laughs> oh, let's, I'll let the, the handsome one go first. Um, I think it's just pure elegance. It must be because there's no reason that we've, well, I say crafted, but it's not like they're all amazing actors. They're not all, you know, Meryl Streep and Marlon Brando levels of actors going, right, I've mastered it. Let's try something else because I'm just, I'm just wanting to push myself. So a lot of it must just be like you're saying, too much, too much butter spread on the toast, and they're just trying their best to cover the corners. Because a lot of the times, listening to these albums, you're like, oh, you can like, you know, like um, Boogie Nights, where obviously he's making his album. That's how all these felt. Like you know, feel my heat is how most of these felt. Like just the weird, like oh, and then we'll just make we'll make a song. But there's some surprising ones in here that it's kind of you're like, oh, they tried something, and also I didn't know they did that one or. Um, I don't know if we want to go through by stages, but there was, there was a, a big shocking one for me, which was the Clint Eastwood one, which I don't know if you wanted to talk about that or not, but um, he's... Well, uh, I was just going to say there's uh, the albums that were shared, um, and then I, the hope was that you'd done a little bit of uh, your own work there, picking some extras to, to talk about that we might not necessarily have listened to, but that you would want to bring bring to this. Well, first of all, you've set yourself up for some disappointment there, in my opinion. Oh, just taking what was given. Yeah. Taking the, You'll, the... of course, do a, a, a additional revision on this um, without being asked. As... Oh, that's assumed. But never have I... you'll know for next time, that's for sure. I think uh... you you you, uh, you held your students in high regard, you see. That's what happened. And you thought, they'll, they'll do it. They'll look into hmm. it. And we should have. And David did. So it's all on me, <laughs> and I'm embarrassed. And <laughs> that's where this is going. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, the the sounds to me like the the old uh, the the Bacon brothers. Now we know of Kevin Bacon. Do we know anything about his brother? Has he ever I done anything? Had one. I wonder if Kevin's helping his brother. <laughs> we just oh. need something, a piece of the good life. And he's not a very good musician, and but it's middle of the road stuff. And he's just said, "I'll help you." God, that that's really hurtful, actually, isn't it? Cut that. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna get br- we're gonna get pretty brutally. I suppose it's it's a different context when you're talking about famous actors. You feel like you know they've got success. They're be- they're better than me. Yeah, I can take yeah. a dig of them. Uh, poor old. Uh, well, actually, Bacon Bacon Brothers getting some of that that side coin. I know. Yeah. <laughs> side coin. <laughs> side coin for the Bacon Brothers. This is fantastic. We resent the Port side coin. Up. Yeah. I will go through the ones that have been. It dis- equally distributed and then hmm. yeah I'm more than happy to hear out or discuss so we also had the playlist um, oh. that uh, one of the Davids ha- happily happily um, oh. helpfully made possibly happily as he's putting it together oh that'd be great um, but yeah we also had that just a little spreading of uh, additional uh, I mean you can go on forever there's a surprising amount of people that have attempted this but yeah I'll just t- take us through the, the albums that were, hmm. were shared I listened to them all yeah so did I. Oh, that's good. Oof, oh. That's a f-ing relief, I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah, so yesterday I was not in the um, not in the prime of my life. And when I got up and I went to work and I, f- I forgot my headphones, which I very rarely do, and uh, then I was looking and seeing all these things I should have been listening to that evening. Um, very disappointed in myself. I listened to them at work, though. And uh, through the through the laptop there, but it wasn't the same. Made your work better, I, I imagine, or te- or more terrible. It was well, 
to be honest, I probably would have preferred more privacy for some, like one album in particular. Um, <laughs> others, people would just think general, oh, I didn't realize he liked that. But one would be like, what's going on in there? <laughs> well, uh, I suspect the one you're talking about is going to be the, the, the finale of what I'd like to talk about because yeah, it right. was my favorite. Um, but Bacon Brothers, middle of the road, will continue down the middle. Um, Get off the Bacon Brothers, with, all right? <laughs> <laughs> with uh, Katie Segal. Is that how you're pronouncing her name? Oh, Segal. Yeah. Segal. I thought it was Kate Segal, yeah? Yeah, I'm pretty like, sure. Not I, see, it's like Segal. Right. Segal, maybe? Yeah, I've never... I don't think I've heard it said by her. Um, I've just seen it yeah. written down in credits. But regardless, so she made... Do you uh, think everyone who has a name quite similar should just change it to be... And they're going to go into fame. So Stephen Seagal is the most famous of the, the Seagals. Yeah. <laughs> everyone needs to yeah, go to him or outdo him. And she's not succeeded at this point, not with this album. Um, <laughs> something to keep in mind. So, yeah, Katie Segal, we'll just stick with that. Uh, Married with Children fame, uh, Futurama, Sons of Anarchy, apparently, uh, a few a few mm. others. It, it's, it's an odd one because, you know, like we were, we were maybe going to talk about some other singers or these actors singers who it really sounds like them, if that makes sense. Yeah. And some that don't, but it just sounds like her speaking voice turned up at a speed and it was weird but all I could think about was Leela's having a great sing song and the album's not very good except one song I'll say I don't know if we can be positive is that alright? Well, absolutely be positive find it where you can because the rest of it sounds like much like I was slagging off the, the Bacon Brothers I think Seagal's going to take some of this um, I'm going to give it a, a karate chop or whatever Stephen Seagal studied was he was he uh, kendo karate what was it <laughs> was no he relation. studied what was it <laughs> Um, anyway, so Steven Seagal's sister Katie here, she, her whole album was similar to the Feel My Heat slash Bacon Brothers, like, you know, it's just like, oh, a star wants to sing, and the music in the background is so Muzak, shopping mall, American style, and it's it's terrible. But then randomly the song called Act of Faith, which I really liked, because <laughs> I was like, I was skipping through them going, oh my god, that's exactly the same. And another thing I'm going to punish her for, that, that, that some of these other uh, actors should be praised for the runtime of some of these albums were quite short and that was what pleased me whereas um, we're almost hitting an hour for this uh, well album and uh, I'm, I'm thinking well this should be over by now but at least Active Faith was a was a good song I just randomly thought I'd throw some positivity in there before we, we tear her apart so she's an interesting one on a technicality uh, actually was involved in the music business before uh, becoming an actress oh here we go which, um, but this, uh, the fame was from the acting, you would say. Uh, we had some, some involvement with um, uh, Richard Simmons from Kiss that I can't quite put my finger on. I was going to say that he's a bad guy in that film, Runaway. That's all I can think of Richard Simmons at the minute. And oh, wait, I Richard... said Richard Simmons, didn't I? Gene yeah. Simmons. <laughs> Gene Simmons is who you met. Man, but I was like, Richard Simmons, <laughs> the, the, the fitness guy. Oh, God. <laughs> Gene Simmons. <laughs> From Kiss, not Richard Simmons from Kiss. Um, that's the first time that's ever happened in history, I'm sure. Oh. Uh, <laughs> we done with this one? <laughs> well, yeah. I don't. I don't have much to say on it. I mean, I, I think it's. it's uh, I don't know. I, to me, I could imagine it being played by a guy in the '90s who was like a yuppie with a denim shirt, mostly undone, as he's entertaining a woman who doesn't really want to be in his. 
plush London flat. <laughs> That's wow. the correct setting. That is very evocative. Mm-hmm. It was just it was just unfortunately bad because I'm I'm sure she's got a lovely singing voice, but it's just one of these you know backing singer that sings along with them. The music production is is just horrible, but you're almost willing it to be good because I do like Katie Seagull. Seagull? Seagull. Um, so it was like, a, oh, please. It's like, it must be like watching your child at a, a sports day and you're just thinking, please win, or at least not be last. Um, <laughs> we move into one of these other technicality sort of please. area of ones. Um, the Return of Bruno by Bruce Willis was another one we listened to. Oh, wow. This was a funny one because it's... From a mockumentary about a guy called Bruno, who apparently influenced the Beatles um, and many others, which I hadn't realised. I thought it was just a, a Bruce Willis vanity project. I mean, there were, there, were, there were later vanity projects, obviously, from, from Bruce Willis. Uh, but this was pre-Die Hard fame. This would have been round about uh, Moonlighting Times. So well, it wasn't an action superstar yet. But yeah, that's him singing hilarious like because it is just him doing his bruce willis because you know he's obviously an angry man now or at least his face is caught up with his attitude because <laughs> um it's kind of weirdly even though this is before he became a likable john mclean is that you can actually get the, the the essence of this guy thinks he's a good singer which is what makes it i mean at least the bacon brothers are just they were just trying you know probably probably a promise to a to a dying relative or something but the bruce willis one it just feels like he must have thought, well, I'm a great singer and this moonlighting isn't isn't working. Um, how ironic he tries something else. So I think it's just it is because this is very much him, you know, I'm Bruce Willis. And it's like, well, you're not big enough yet. If it was retroactive from like nowadays, he, he, he'd re- release this album like after Die Hard 3 or something. And it was like, oh, God, who's this guy I think he is? But it's like a weird, almost like he thought, well, I'm about to hit it big. So that's what his singing style's like. And it's like, I hate him. But that's what I mean. Like, the music is wonderful if you just ignore him. Reptilian. <laughs> um, strange thing about Bruce Willis is the characters he plays in his best roles or the roles I find him best in would probably dislike Bruce Willis. <laughs> um, this album kind of sums up why. Because, like, I, I don't like the way that he sings at all don't like the way he comports himself but i think, I think you can hear a smoke yeah this was rhythm and blues wasn't it there was a rhythm and blues vibe to it that's that's mm. basically what was going on here with yeah like a kind of not smug but yeah great time sort of hollering down the street yeah. across the road <laughs> to such and such Avoid bring that. that over here with an accent um oh I just couldn't. I couldn't do it for very long. I, I got this some of the album, I think, quite quickly and moved on. <laughs> Another movie tie-in is what we're going to go to next. Uh, Vincent LaGuardia Gambini sings "Just for You." Mm. This is uh, this is <laughs> Joe Pesci. This is a this is, this is a very strange one, right? So it's it's Joe Pesci as uh, you know, much loved cousin Vinny. He's doing the Releasing cousin Vinny character, isn't he? Yeah, but let's we'll get back to that in a second, right? So, so it's Joe Pesci doing the much loved uh, uh, My Cousin Vinny, um, but he's decided to do every style of music there is. <laughs> That's odd enough, but he's a really angry version of that character. So it's 
I'm assuming he's like playing it like he would like the casino character or Goodfellas or any other one where he's a F and F. This uh, I'm going to tell you because at one point he's like, and he's like angrily. Uh, there's a duet with Marissa Tomei. Was that the, actually? Yeah, I, well. I was looking for the credits. Yeah. I couldn't figure. I was it trying to like find it. that as well. Yeah, I think it was her. Let's let's go ahead and let's see. Say, say that her or someone sounds amazingly like her. So these two people who got on, uh, it was a dysfunctional relationship, but. You know, they got on, it was a kind of love-hate, but they, they end up together at the end, and they, they, they're always looking out for each other, and there's a positivity. But this whole song's about, like, fellatio, and, and, and shut the f- up, and, and, like, you know, get the f- out of here. And it's like, why are they so angry? What happened? Did they did, did it not all turn out okay when they drove back this in the car? The, uh, this is the sequel, is it, to that film? Yeah. But it's, it's a weird, angry version of the Cousin Vinny character, which is why... I, don't really get because it's the one character he's played where he is a he's obviously not even a wise guy he's just he's you know just his cousin Vinny but he's just like yeah I'll be really angry and it's just constant swearing the 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 wise guy rap um isn't even the worst one but take your love and, and, and shove it up your yeah everything's like blah blah this is like a drunk guy at a party who's decided to replace all the words with swear words in like some of the favorite songs and then he sings a wonderful world at the end it's like he calls it beautiful hmm. world Oh yeah, he's decided to just just that little Mess tweak. With the lyrics. What a roller coaster as well. I mean, a, a full menu, shall we put it that way? Yep. <laughs> not, not, nothing on that one. Not much to add to that because um, I I didn't enjoy it. Um, I listened in a, a bit of the rap one. I don't know about you. That was the highlight for me. It's a a highlight. Take yeah. your eyes. Um, I I think I quite like the idea that the album exists. In, in one way, like, you know, when you've seen it the first time, you're like, oh, my God, this is a thing. Like, wow. And but then it shouldn't ever have been listened to by anyone. <laughs> Speaking of things that are a thing, uh, the two sides of Leonard Nimoy by Leonard Nimoy. This was the two sides. The two sides are Spock and Leonard Nimoy. Is that what I'm getting from this album here? It's side A and B. <laughs> <laughs> This is an odd one as well. This is another one that disappointed me. Like, um, I was expecting to be like, you, you know, because William Shatner and all that. Just laughing. Yeah, like, oh, how silly this, this I can't believe a, a guy that was in Star Trek released some sort of half Spark, half him album. But it was really like, like apart from like the weird Bilbo Baggins song, which I got like, a little bit of a laugh out of. It was just weird. And it was like, there's like a, the, the, the highly illogical song is kind of catchy. But then when it goes to the Leonard Nemoy, just him, um, it's not good. And, I think he should have just done a whole Spark album because at least it would have been a bit more jotty. But it's just at one point he's like, there's like a story about a, um, an amphibious vehicle that <laughs> is, is hosting like a ballroom dance and then a, a soldier gets shot on a beach. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, that was um, Amphibious Assault, which sounded like a, a, a death metal song. Um, it's very interesting. Yeah, Highly Logical is obviously the main one. And then Ballad of Bilbo Baggins, which is, that's. This was 1968. That's just like late 60s chaos, isn't it? Spark singing about that, Bilbo Baggins. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, because it was the Spark half that sang about Bilbo Baggins. It wasn't like uh, all these Spark songs have just been like, this is how I view the Earth. It's Spark has visited Earth, enjoyed talking, and thought, oh, tell you what, let's, let's throw down some jams, because nothing else makes sense. And then like the straightforward country and western songs from Mr. Nimoy, God rest his soul, um, is uh, it's just terrible. So it's I think it's just a missed opportunity to just go 
go you know spinal tap style just do uh, turn up to 11 and just do all spark but i think he maybe thought uh, I'll, I'll smooth it out with some 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 of me so people can really see I, I don't know what the response would have been among his peers when he released it and sat it with at dinner with them and they played it highly logical angry, angry silence just um yeah, I I think uh, it's a bit of an odd one because there's a fair amount of effort goes into some of these songs. There's a lot of words, there's a lot of writing in the Leonard Nimoy music, and it's just whether it was worth it or not. Like, I don't know. I mean, there's um, there's already enough terrible music in the world. So why not get the actors involved? I mean, what was what was he thinking? What's he what's he wanting out of this? That was a lot <laughs> of effort to go to for like a gag, isn't it? It's not like he's sitting there with an acoustic guitar and he's just able to rip this off at home with a microphone and a tape. Yeah. He's got other people in. <laughs> yeah, ch- <laughs> check this out. The two sides of Leonard Nimoy. Maybe it was a question at a party. Someone went, are there two sides to, to you? <laughs> I'll show you. On Leonard Nimoy, obviously, you were talking about his peers. Uh, one of those is William Shatner, who also liked to turn his hand to some, I guess we would refer to pop music. I think most notably was the Rocket Man interpretation uh, that he did on the. Oh, I just watched the video the other day. I can't remember what it was. It was the Sci Fi Awards or something like that, wasn't it? Um, he did a. And you had um, Bernie Topin actually come out with his glasses and say, uh, by the way, this is an interpretation of my song, Rocket Man. I'm, I'm happy to hear it. And then out comes William Shatner in a most interesting performance. <laughs> No, it's it's brilliant just because there's like there is editing going on in it as well. Like his shirt becomes undone at one point, <laughs> so you know that it wasn't all shot in a one or It's not like a it's not a single performance, is it? I He's, did want some insight into the this awards show. Is it live? Yeah. Is it not live? How are they reacting to this happening? There there isn't three William Shatners. I know that for a fact. Or yeah, it's not like there'll be a big screen or anything where it's like, all right, guys, he's going to do a live performance, but obviously on the side, we'll show you the, the giant head version and the undone button version, and then there'll be the, the more jive version that comes out. There's a really lively one. Just it's work just, with uh, it, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's all going to turn out in the edit. and the But even the initial noise at the start of this shit, we'll call it a song, but the... Yeah. It, it's, a, it's an attention noise because you immediately go... Mm-hmm. And you turn your head and you're like, what is this? And you're rewarded every step of the way, which you can't say for some of the ones we've dis- described so far, but that's maybe what it's about is, is I guess, it can never be too serious because you, you can't just have like someone try to sing and then it's like, oh, they did so good. Because then it's over. Like there's, there's an entire industry of people who can sing good. But an actor trying to do like an interpretation is almost like the like we we've talked about before, but like I can't get no satisfaction. I'd put those two in the same category. This and the Devo. Can I say something as well? I think um, I think this is a better interpretation of Rocket Man than the song, because uh, I, I think because the the arrangement they have isn't it that Elton John does the music and Bernie Taupin does the the lyrics, and to me he's better paired with William Shatner. The uh, the pauses, uh, the uh, the Shatner pauses all work perfectly with the lyrics for this. So that's what I know where you're coming from. It's like, oh, that I listened to the original version. And I'm like, huh. He should have paused there. So Shatner <laughs> has reimagined. And it all this is like in an age before kind of self-aware, ironic humour sort of thing. Yeah, it's precious, isn't it? That that kind of moment. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, he does kind of know, though. Like you can tell that he's in. He's having fun with it. 
but it's like so out there that it's uh it's just a job be- before it's time a little bit <laughs> <laughs> that is without a doubt when you think it's all over <laughs> you're like okay yes yeah, silly saying it kind of spoke a word and then the, it's just a job <laughs> like he's like i'm gonna act at this moment <laughs> and he's like yes let's let's deliver both because like he's like and i'm an actor first <laughs> and I'm about to give you the emotions you need. The um was the cold as hell line. I can't remember what it comes out of the side. It's the side the side glanced his own head. There's some, so there's like, some interaction here, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> it's so loud. <laughs> so yeah, I think recommendation is if, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen William Shatner's interpretation of Rocket Man, that needs to be sought out and watched immediately. In yeah, fact, start this, pause this podcast, uh, watch it, and then and then come back. You know, once you've once you've enjoyed it, they won't come back, will they? They'll just, just watch it over Shatner. and just go down a Shatner rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Hey, How did I get here again? <laughs> that's the that's the new band name, Shatner Rabbit Hole. Oh, editor, <laughs> cut that out. <laughs> Let's keep that for ourselves. Um, yeah. So the the motivations of these. These space cadets, these space commanders, not entirely known. Uh, the motivation for Eddie Murphy, apparently oh. known. A bet between himself and Richard Pryor that he couldn't sing. And uh, apparently, well, <laughs> uh, depends who you ask whether he <laughs> he won that bet or not. But he certainly released an album and had very famous friends to help him do so. Uh, how could it be that uh, Eddie Murphy released an album? I like what you did there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, well, this is a funny one as well, because for years I'd heard that song, Party All The Time, and it's just one of these things I thought, oh, there's an 80s tune, eh? Party All The Time, Party All The Time. <laughs> and then it was like, I think about five, six years ago, maybe a little bit longer, give myself some credit, um, but I listened to the album, or someone showed me the album, I was like, do you know that's Eddie Murphy? And I was like, what? I thought it was like a Rick James song or something. Just yeah, some random very, guy. Very Rick James. It is, it's written it's, by Rick James, isn't it? It reminded me of, uh, what's his name again? Uh, the Rockwell. It's that kind of thing where it's like, what? So that's that's Michael Jackson. It's similar here. It's like, that's Eddie Murphy. And I, he, he has an album. And then it was like, and then retroactively going back and going, oh my God. Like there's three good songs in that album. By, but like mm-hmm. actual listenable songs. And he's done it kind of correct in the sense it was like, Let's make it as 80s as possible. It's midway. It's 1985. It's right bang in the middle. And he's just gone, right, whatever bet. I don't even know about that. He just thought, let's just make it eight songs, eight fun songs, and then we're out. Because that's what's smart about the album is it's, it's not on for too long. You're not like, you're not like left going, oh. you're, you're like, oh, a little bit more. And then he's, he's left you wanting more. Yeah, I think he won the bet, personally. Oh, you're liking that voice, huh? Yeah, yeah it's his yeah. voice. That's I, I think that's kind of forgivable for the most part. Like you said, the songs are fun. They're upbeat. I could put that on a party. I don't think anyone would jar and go, what is this? Like, you know, they might be like, what's this? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but it, it sounds very familiar, though. Like, I, it, you know, it's... So there's the Stevie Wonder bookend yeah. there, isn't there? I mean, that's I, oh, I think yeah. if Stevie Wonder helped anyone with anything, it usually turns out well. I mean, it's slightly after his prime period but still Stevie Wonder gives you two songs that's going to turn out quite it, well <laughs> it was that good that um yeah because that was the first one that I listened to um out of all the actors and 
because well actually no it's not there was another um but um <laughs> he who shall not be named yet but uh yeah i i played the 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 eddie murphy one and the music was so good immediately that i had to look at the credits yeah um, and <laughs> i was like all oh, right wow yeah okay and then I, I skipped through the rest and i realized he, he only really comes in i think he does the beginning first song and the last song doesn't he and then party all the time was the other one that i had to look up because similar to dave i was thinking was that him or is he just shamelessly copying this um, yeah. this song because i've heard this and you know it's a real pop song like a bona fide pop song friends with rick james giving him a hell of- rick james is on that song because you can yeah. kind of hear him in the background there can't you yeah have Undeniable. any of the others managed to create a song which is like genuinely in the public consciousness in that way where in a good way you know <laughs> From the ones that we've listened to, I think possibly Leonard Nimoy's come the closest with that Bilbo Baggins song. But um, no, I don't think, I think you're, yeah, you're onto something there. I don't know. It depends how you feel about that Bruce Willis one. This is the height of Eddie Murphy's fame in the mid 80s. And I think it's a tricky thing with comedian releasing an album because, um, well, this is for, this is for younger listeners. Um, There used to be a thing called comedy. Uh, and there was also uh, this is where people like people told jokes and, and people laughed um, many many years ago. I think if you were born after two thousand, you might not realize that. And there was further still something called stand up comedy, which is where somebody stands up and tells jokes. Some of them um, can be offensive, and certainly Eddie Murphy's were offensive. Um, yeah, and and further still, uh, some of those stand-up comedians released what are called comedy albums. So that would be a record that you would buy, and it would just be a stand-up gig. So if you went out thinking, oh, this is Eddie Murphy's latest stand-up uh, routine, hmm. I can't wait to put this on, and then what would your reaction be? Well, I guess he's on a piano, so maybe you get the embarrassment yourself going, <laughs> you well, let's see how funny he gets with this one. <laughs> <laughs> Look at yourself. It's, the 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 comedy albums do have the skits broken down as if they're song names as well. Exactly. I don't know. I've never seen the LP, but I looked at this discography and I was like, "Is that an album? Is that an album?" And you know, it was a case of like I found the other album. I think he's done two. Is that right? Yeah, there was another. 89. Yeah, that I didn't give that a deep listen. Put your mouth on me is uh, was actually quite strong out the gates. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's completely, um, you know, it's theft, uh, it, you know, but it's still quite good. I was blown away. I listened to Prince on the Way Home. Oh, some of that Seagulls. seagull action. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I do like to be beside the seaside. Um, so, uh, Seagulls, Baywatch, David Hasselhoff. <laughs> That's your segue into the next one. Yeah. <laughs> so, Night Rocker, David Hasselhoff, uh, early 80s action here. What's, who does he think he is? It's my question. He, he's, he's a man born of, of chest showing off. I've never seen anyone show off their chest as much vocally. I don't know how, if that makes sense. Every single song just seems like he's, he's shoving a medallion in your face. But um, I like the length. It was I think it was about 40 minutes as well. I think he did like, the... Uh, the <laughs> like a nice short, reasonable... I like yeah, a nice short. Yeah. But he might have done a cover or two on this album where I misremembered. Am I confusing him with someone else? I mean, he yeah. was he was covering an impression of Neil Diamond, is what I was oh. getting from <laughs> like his singing style. A karaoke Neil Diamond mm. attempt here. Um, not, not a sweet voice. 
Yeah, it didn't even occur to me at the beginning that it's Night Rider, Night Rocker. Um, so that's the level that we're yeah, dealing with. Yeah, that's it. With I it. got uh, I I latched onto that as well. <laughs> and does everything have little, to be car? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's got a little bit of that kind of like the doodle doodle doodle, you know, like that kind of synthy kind of thing going on, which is great. Like, and there was moments where I kind of felt like I was listening to Ian Curtis in the Jersey Boys, like that kind of combination or that that those those two things being lumped together in a weird mix but um ultimately yeah i didn't like the cover of do you love me either i thought i had no place in there whatsoever and it didn't fit with the rest of the album at all but it's like gone too far back because his one was kind of like 80s rock in a way but that was that was too far back and um the the main thing i noticed about it was that he's got a he's got a definite thing of um he picks like little vocal intonations that are in popular songs or in quite good songs and he like has a way of blending them in together because there was a more than once in this album an original songs of his that i was like have i heard that before and then i realized he's just he's like singing a line in like different words but in the same way if that makes sense you know i think he's kind of patchwork quilted his way through this album at certain points but there's also bum notes in songs. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like, <laughs> and you're going, what? And I was like, do I like this? I, I might like this. I don't know yet. It's that one guard. Yeah. And his voice is weird. And it is definitely got that, um, at moments, at the best moments, it's got a kind of um, Ian Curtis thing. But he just doesn't know to, he probably doesn't know to lean into that and to use that as, because uh, it could have been, I think that was a little bit of a shame for me because I was listening to the first song and maybe even the second one, I was thinking, oh, is this going to be quite interesting here? Because it was not, I thought it was going to be a car crash and it oh. wasn't an immediate car crash. It was a bit of a but, wobble, wasn't it? Yeah, it was there shaky, was eventually a road business. accident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there's also probably not worthy enough to talk about for an entire album and uh, nor should they, but the Robert Downey Jr., if anyone's had a chance to listen to The Futurist, or whatever it's called, and he's just trying his absolute hardest to pull off a Bruce Springsteen impression. I was going to say, do you want I me mean, before we get to the main event? Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, we could we could briefly touch on some of your favourites from the the playlist here, the Star Moves playlist, which we could share um, oh. for the listeners there if they if they really want to do that to themselves. Um, <laughs> any favourites from from there? I, I didn't. Yeah, uh, Clint Eastwood's had a turn at singing oh. in, in movies as well. Big surprise. Um, any any in, interesting ones that you enjoyed there? Uh, Adam Sandler again. You got a problem there where you're you're picking up an Adam Sandler album. You think? I mean, I don't know why you would pick up an Adam Sandler comedy album either. To be honest, but he, but. he did he did a lot of little songs and his live performance and stuff. So it wasn't like a big surprise. It was just uh, I hadn't realised he'd had such kind of music heavy albums, which is quite uh, a weird one. I mean, there's 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 some. Re- I mean, I know it'd be attacking. Um, people for just being terrible. I mean, you, you can go on the the playlist and make your own decisions if if we do do choose to uh, release this. But the Don Johnson heartbeat is that an original or is that him covering something? Because that's so eighties. It's it's. I mean, it was rolling up my ears. That's how how eighties it was. It was. I felt like I had sleeves in my head. Um, the anticipation. It was first recorded by Waldman and released on her nineteen eighty two album Which oh. Way to Main Street. So no, it was uh, Wendy uh. Waldman. There's there's ones that are kind of surprising. I think it, one that's kind of similar to the the, Bru- the Bill the Bill Willis. <laughs> anyway, but the Here Comes Bruno album 
is uh, that Seth MacFarlane has a similar style to his album that he's got here, the 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 one that's like a kind of swing band one. Oh, the kind of smiley sing yeah. way of singing. Yeah, happy he's, singing. yeah, he's got a weird like aren't I good at this way of singing? But <laughs> for a bit you're like, oh no, you're good, and then because he keeps going, like similarly to the the smirk, you can hear the smirk in a Bruce Willis one. I just felt like he was smiling right in my face, and it was like, you almost <laughs> unnecessarily wanted to pick a fight. So it's an odd one because it's like, well done. Obviously, he's got a lovely voice, but he's, he, he's, it's not even like he knows it. It's just more like he's like, I don't even know. He, he knows what to do with it because the way he's singing, you can hear his teeth. So I just think that's an odd one. You don't like to hear joy. <laughs> no, if I'm not getting it in my own life, I don't want others to enjoy it. Also, a big surprise was uh, Anthony Perkins had uh, had some sort of singing career. Is that is that a before like similar to um, Katie Seagal? Um, who? I, hey, hold on a second. Barry the lead, Steven Steve, Seagal, brother of Katie Seagal, brother of Katie Seagal, <laughs> Steven Seagal. Um, actually, if you listen to it, the uh, the girl, it's all right song on the Steven Seagal album, uh, which is called what's it called again? Sorry, it is called Jason Siegel's the, cousin. Oh. <laughs> songs from the crystal cave right so Ooh. steven seagal posing on the cover with a sort of guitar which i'm assuming he's, he's he's trying to tell us he plays the guitar it's actually not a bad listen some of these songs are not too bad and i was like looking at them going are they originals because i've never heard any of them before um but they've got a, a kind of weird feel to them which is slightly pleasant so and he's got a does weird he's... he's got a nice voice <laughs> does he sing i was gonna say does he sing with that yeah, that's what I'm saying. It kind of works that because the way he talks is like that. <laughs> With that, we might as well talk about the the big problem is not equal to the solution. The solution equals let it be, and that is by Crispin Glover, um, who I guess in between. Well, is this the reason he wasn't in? <laughs> Back to the That's Future 2, because this was 1989, this was this was released. I was going to ask, is this the reason he wasn't in both sequels? Because if it is, I kind of like it more Worth it. in a weird way. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're going to do something, do it right. It's it's quite something. You've got uh, readings from his book, Rat Catching, which I did a bit of reading into that. And it was a... What he'd done was taken an actual book on how to catch rats and had done a, a, I guess, a William Burroughs chopping up the text to it and making it a new book. Hmm. Uh, and he decided to read from this. So I need to get that book. I know that. Um, and, that and just shows you how we live our lives. Book, book I need end, to get that book. Book ended uh, by selected readings from another of his, which is uh, Oakmont and various parts on that. But in between that, you've got the, I guess, stream of consciousness Pop and then music. randomly, a better version of these boots are made for, the, for walking than the, Jessica Simpson. Oh, the best, <laughs> the best version of that song. That was the one that um, that stayed on in the office the other day. Actually, uh, I loved it because it was actually the the originals about power and being like, I've been on the low end, but now um, these boots are going to walk all over you. But he seemed like him walking the boots was like him endorsing some weakness within himself yeah like <laughs> or being walked inverted up. the power dynamic of that song completely which is weird because like i was like oh wait why is this weird cover but it actually fits perfectly into this album because it's like i wasn't jarred as much as do you love me and this is why i think it's quite funny that an, an album where a guy's 
reading from uh, selected readings from Rat Catching and oh, Clowny fuck. Clown Clown, and less ridiculous in my mind than <laughs> in the middle of a sort of eighties synth rock album having "Do You Love Me." So, Crispin Glover he knew how to rock. But yes, this is required listening. I would say uh, I immediately saw how I would be able to own this um, <laughs> when I just read more about it and listened to it and just thought, you know, yeah, like what you're talking about there, that these boots are made for walking. It's just kind of like, it's like this known entity. That's just like this weird version after you've listened to all this other very mm. strange um, music. But my, my thought was like, if somebody had said to you, um, like you didn't know that this was a Crispin Glover album, but somebody said to you, "Oh yeah, this this was like a serial killer, and, and this is like the album that he released." You'd probably believe them, wouldn't you? <laughs> Absolutely. I feel fantastic vibes from this. Let's put it that way. I can't say enough good things about the runtime of this album as well. Forty-two <laughs> minutes and fifty-two seconds. Uh, you, sublime. Made for vinyl, which which you can't get, um, unfortunately, oh. um, out of print. Uh, if there's we'll, we'll invent some sort of new me. playing style. It'll just be some playable rod. We start the petition for the re-release uh, now. It's almost like he went so far with slapstick or, or like the basic rhyming of words to make it almost avant-garde, doesn't it? Apparently, um, because obviously he's he's kind of made he's he's made a spectacle of himself on several occasions, and uh, Michael J. Fox was asked like about him. Uh, and then he, I think yeah, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, "Oh, he's not like he's. There's not nothing wrong with him. He's just like uh, excitable. He's just overly excitable." I don't. Does Michael J. Fox listen to this album? Today? There's nothing wrong <laughs> with him. I like that as a defence. I'm hoping that if you or any of you are interviewed about me, there's nothing wrong with him. He's just, <laughs> and then following reasons why people are, are worried and upset. Yeah, I've got the. So I've got the. I've now got the exact uh, quote. Is uh, Crispin isn't crazy, just excitable. Oh. Oh, there we go. I always kind of got that impression with him that he's kind of aware of the the strangeness that he's projecting, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. It, it, he's not because you need to be in order to do it at the level he's doing it and do the other bit because he can do the straight bit as well, you know. So, um, yeah, I think he's kind of a bit of a singular take on life or a singular perspective which is kind of interesting I per- I don't have a lot of time for the clowny clown whatever if I'm honest it's too much but I like the boots are made for walking I mean the video makes the clowny clown one come that alive though is, doesn't that <laughs> that's what was that's what um, listening to the, the song on Spotify is not enough what do you think his role would have been in Back to the Future to if you'd been in it, well, they, well, they had a big arc planned for them. I'm, I'm, I'm maybe uh, misremembering some uh, extra features and stuff. I think, I think that's why it was very reduced. I think wasn't that going to be all the parts that were played by Michael J. Fox in the two sequels were actually going to be Crispin Glover. I'm pretty sure he was going to be the Irish guy in the third one. He was going to be a part of the second one in some capacity obviously they, they go back in the 50s obviously he's going to refilm that stuff as well but i'm pretty sure that was talked about i maybe i may be, I may be t- t- absolutely talking at my rear end but um i think his his role in it was going to be a lot more and uh, that just never materialized it would have been because you're was, right it was almost right. like a, it was almost like a quad he didn't match an 80s going to a 90s film yeah that kind of guy Anyway, we're happy. We're happy with that. Um, so that was, I mean, that was the first one that I'd listened to. Unfortunately, for the rest of these albums, um, it did have an effect on how I perceived them. 
Um, but that that's the last one we're talking about here. Um, and so that's that's actors in the music. What do we think of that? Overall comment, you want do you think you want me to 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 sum up my feelings on the the thing as a yeah, whole? Yeah, just sum it all up, and then if you could do the outro as well, that'd be great. I'd save it. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> wow. Um, sum up the whole thing. I, you know, we we have been talking about it. Um, weirdly, the Crispin Glover one is fine because it's a different type of thing. He's not trying to be. He's not trying to be like a popular artist there, I don't think. I think, he, you know, on some level, he's never thought that that was going to become, you know, um, a household album. And I think that's that's fine. People who want to go in and do something extra and interesting and it's a genuine desire or pursuit within them. But what's bad or what's slightly offensive is people just thinking, I could do that. Or I want that type of fame, even worse. Um and you do wonder if some of them are thinking that perhaps a little bit of jealousy. They think that musicians are perceived in an even better way than actors are, and therefore their ego demands that they become one as well. But that's my thoughts on it. If it's good, it's great, and if it's not, it's not. Okay. Well, that's music criticism summed up. Thank you. Hmm. I'll sum it up as you should all go out of your way to go and listen to the two singles by Jim Kelly called Pecan Pie and cold dead hand you will not be disappointed okay that, that'll do us then won't it oh we don't even need anything after that just a little bit of silence and then nothing <laughs> <laughs> just in case <laughs> yeah just in, yeah. Case, in case I listen to back to the edit and think um, you know what we could have done with an outro there um, <laughs> Dave said <laughs> we should go weird <laughs> we should <laughs> Don't always listen to Dave, or you know, better yet, just this is why Dave comes second. Selected, selected <laughs> yeah. readings from the Dave, uh, or sometimes not at all. Until next time, everyone, come back for the next one, please. Oh, weakness! Yeah, too much weakness at the end. <laughs> Look at that! Walk all over you. <laughs> <laughs>